Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. With over 150 new and used cars to choose from, along with the full Renault commercial van range and finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk. There was a little man and he had a little gun and over the fields he used to run with his belly full of fat and a big tall hat and a pancake tied to his bum bum bum. Do you remember that one from your childhood? Well, that's the one for today. That is the verse, isn't it? Yes, we're out and about on late lunch this afternoon and we've moved a long, long way from base. We're out in the reception of LMFM today because you know that saying as well. If the mountain won't come, if Muhammad won't come to the mountain, what is it, Tara? The mountain has to go to Muhammad. And You're calling is, me a mountain, Jerry? No, 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 no. But Oh, beautiful. The most beautiful in the world, <laughs> let me say. Anyway, Tara Walker from East Coast Cookery School is joining us today in LMFM. And we say hello to everybody on Facebook Live because we are Facebook Live today. And for a change on Pancake Tuesday, she's going to cook pancakes for us here in LMFM today. Tara, thanks for joining us again and belated happy birthday. Oh, thanks very much, Jerry. You had to bring attention to that one, huh? The big 4 <laughs> You had a hell of a weekend. Ah, yeah. Lovely weekend with all my family and friends. Yeah. Lovely. Absolutely. So, Tara, you're going to cook some pancakes for us here. Yes. What are you going to cook today? Well, we've the question that we've had every year on Pancake Tuesday for the last few years. What do you like best? Do you like thin and crispy or do you like the fluffy and fat ones? My choice, personally, is the fluffy, fat kind of American style, but I know lots and lots of people love the thin and crispy ones. So we're going to make uh, a couple of each, basically, and we're going to do a few little toppings on them. Um, I've got some nice raspberries and blueberries here, a bit of maple syrup. I've got some Nutella, a little bit of uh, banana and flaked almond. So let's get started. The first one I have is um, my thin and crispy, so the old-fashioned ones. And the big thing about these ones, I suppose, is just to try and um, get the batter made a little bit earlier. So I made the batter before I came here an hour or two ago, um, and I just let it sit. And I'm just going to brush a little bit of oil, just a small amount of rapeseed oil, around my pan. And I have a fairly good heat on the pan. And I have it here in the jug. So basically, this is a very, very simple little recipe. It's a quarter uh, pint of milk. It's two good tablespoons of flour, a pinch of salt and an egg. And I made a double portion of it because I knew everybody would be starving here today. I hope that um, double portion will stretch around this reception. <laughs> and so, But the, the thing about it is actually funny enough, because they're thin and crispy, because they're so thin, a little does actually go a long way. So I have a good heat on my pan. So I want to be only able to kind of Keep my hand over the surface of the pan for, you know, two seconds. And then I'm going to pour the batter on and not too much. Then just let it sit there. Swirl it around a little bit just in case it hasn't gone all the way out to the edges. And we're just going to let it sit now for about five minutes. It's as simple as that. And that is really thin, let me say. Yeah, very, very thin. So let me get a start uh, on my uh, fat and fluffy pancakes, my own personal favourite. So I have my flour in here, 200 grams of flour. And I'm adding a half a teaspoon of bicarbonate of soda to it. 
Then I'm adding a teaspoon of cream of tartare to it. Now, you could use buttermilk, but the whole point about the cream of tartare, it's very handy to have in your store cupboard because it's what sours the milk. So the milk, we're looking for a little bit of bitterness with the milk. And we're going to just add the milk in now. So basically, the whole point here is, so unlike our thin and crispy pancakes, what we're looking for here is for the bicarbonate of soda to create little bubbles in here. And that's what makes them thin, lovely and fluffy. So just give that a mix around. I forgot my whisk, so I'm using one of LMFM's pieces of equipment in their kitchen, which was limited. <laughs> I beg your pardon, that kitchen is a Michelin star kitchen in there. Yes, we had to actually uh, go on the hunt for a fork. So anyway, look, that's quite thick. I'll just show everybody on Facebook Live there. You can see it's quite a thick mixture as opposed to the other mixture. So there's our two mixtures there next to each other. And in the meantime, look, our thin and crispy one, I'm just loosening up around the edges. I'm just running my spatula around the edge. And I like to use a sort of spatula, um, a silicone spatula. I know I use them all the time in the kitchen. But they're just so handy because they don't break anything. They don't cut into things, you know. Mm. So I'm just kind of loosening it before I'm ready to turn over. And... Do you know what? It's like mass here at the moment in reception. They're a bit reluctant to come up from the back seats. Will you make your way over here till you see what's happening? They're all they're all just a little bit. You know what I mean? Iffy here. No pressure on my pancake flipping now at all. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to get my spatula in under there. Is it going to work? Is it going to work? Woo! Yes, nearly little edge, and pop that back on, and that's nearly done. And I have one here that I did earlier. So with the thin and crispy pancakes, it's always good to actually have a little bowl. You can have it sitting over some water or over the pan itself, just keeping them warm. And when we just finish that one, and then we'll go on over to the thin, sorry, the fat and fluffy ones now in a sec. So at this stage, a little bit of lemon juice and sugar if you want. I don't have that, I forgot it. Um, A little bit of We have lemon juice and sugar. You were slagging our kitchen a minute ago. I told you it's Michelin star. (laughs) Lemon, I thought the sugar would be there for the old tea and coffee, all right, but the old lemon I forgot. Okay, so lovely. We'll get that off now in one second. And in the meantime, I'll just leave the other one over there to warm through. And we'll get started on our fat and fluffy pancake next. Okay. So, Can you let the others have a taste of that one when course, we get there? Yeah. The two pancakes yeah. there when we get the lemon and sugar. Out. Maybe throw them onto the one plate and let them split them up between them oh, there. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, so, so that fire that one out there as well. There okay. We Lovely. No. Hand that over to the assembled masses there and we'll get a, we'll get a, a little word back from them in a moment. Um, and we'll see what they say about what you've done there with the tin and crispies. Have a taste of that there, folks, and I'm coming over for customer reaction now in a moment as Tara goes into the thicker American-type pancake. Yes, so, okay, I have another pan here with me, and I've just brushed a little bit of oil on that one as well. Just, I'm using rapeseed oil here, whatever oil you have. You want a high-burning point oil, so again, you know, your olive oils are not ideal for that. And I don't know if you can see here in my mixture for my... um, my sort of fat and fluffy ones, I have, there's quite a lot of uh, air bubbles forming in it, which is great. And I've just seen my egg. I forgot to put my egg in, so let's get that in. And let's give that a good stir up now. And this one, as I say, is better a la minute, as they say in the restaurant industry, okay? So just when you've, when you've made the batter, use it straight away, because... 
the little uh, particles of carbon dioxide that are formed from the bicarbonate of soda reacting with the soured milk uh, is what gives you that lovely light and fluffy. Now, of course, if you have a little bit of the mixture left over, this is my daughter's favourite breakfast. You know, this is a breakfast I make as a treat for her, um, you know, on a Sunday or whatever. So obviously, if I have a bit of mixture left over, I, of course, I can use it the next day, but it's just not quite as light and fluffy. So let's get a nice big dollop of that on. So this is a much thicker pancake to the real thing you've done there a moment ago. Exactly. And it doesn't, you're not looking for it to spread out the way I did with the other one a minute ago. So, and they're actually, these ones I think are easier to manage, you know, because they don't tend to stick to the pan. They're, it doesn't matter if they're a little bit thick at the centre, they just cook through, you know. And I see you have fruit there, raspberries and blueberries. Are you going to put these into these ones? So you can put them in if you want. Actually, let's do that on the next one. Um, or you can just pop them on the top. So I'll put the, the blueberries, I find, work especially well in the mixture. So what I'll do is a good big dollop of my mixture going onto the pan there. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to poke the blueberries whole into the mixture. I would just suggest to you, uh, if you want to have the mixture left over the next day, don't put the blueberries into the mixture because they go off a little bit. So you can just pop them in as you use them, if you see what I mean. Okay. They're in the mixture, they go a bit soggy. Absolutely. I'm going to leave you there for one second because I want a little bit of reaction to the people who've tasted the pancakes. Mark from the newsroom is here. He was out like a shot when he heard there was fresh pancakes being cooked. Well, what's your verdict on the thin ones? Lovely. Very tasty. Would that be normally... You're a Cork man, obviously, from a <laughs> different part of the world, never mind a different part of the country. What's the tradition in Cork with pancakes? Thin, thicker ones, what? Um, I think it's kind of whatever you're having yourself. My mum usually would kind of do thicker ones now, right? So it's my first time having a real tin one, but it's very tasty, I must say. Very tasty. From Cork to Limerick. Yes, she's standing by beside you. Miss Ailey oh, Sheehy is here today. The Hurling Champions. Champions is right. Well, what's your verdict? Well, um, I have to say I did have a pancake this morning in Marka too, by the way. <laughs> Big shout out there to Colin Corrigan's mum. Yes, beautiful be pancake. So she had the thick ones and they're quite nice. They're very, very nice. And the thin ones then are different. I never cook. I never, well, I cook, but I don't make pancakes. Yeah. So the thin, it's lovely to have the thin for, um, yes. for a change. Different. And yeah. what did you have on them as toppings? I always only have lemon and sugar. Love it. Uh, you're in my club and I'm in yeah. your club as well. I just think you can't beat can't the lemon beat and sugar. Mark, back to you. What did you have with them? Um, this morning, just lemon and sugar as well. We were, we were kind of limited with um, what we could put on them this morning. But I think here we have a few berries and Nutella. I'd like to try that now as well. Oh, yeah, you're going to try that now in a minute. Tara's belting away over here. I'm going to talk to Elaine Nutley and, and some other ladies now in a moment. Let me just check in here. Look at these pancakes here. These ones are quite different, the thicker pancakes. Yeah, so these are coming along nicely. So what I find with the thicker pancakes, you're better off starting on a higher heat. And then reduce, so just let the outside of them solidify, as you can see there. And then uh, the center will still be a bit soft. So you see if I press down on the pancake, the yes. center is still a little bit oozy. Yeah. So you don't want the outside to get too dark and mm. then the center not be cooked. So just get it kind of browned on each side and then reduce the heat down. I think the blueberries are lovely. You get that absolute burst of flavour when you actually taste them. And there you're putting on another thin one as well because the audience is assembling. They want to taste more. Yes, and I felt a bit guilty that I hadn't brought the lemon and, uh, lemon and sugar. So now they're going to get a little bit of Nutella and a little bit of banana and some flaked almonds. Okay, well that's... Oh, look at Ailey Sheehy. She's just after perking up even more if she could there when she heard that. So we're going to get those flavours on as well. So those will be ready in a moment to taste, the thicker ones there, with the blueberries added and the plain one there as well. And we'll have more thin ones with different flavours to come on. And we'll be talking to some other folks who've joined us here on Pancake Tuesday. Stay with us on Late Lunch. We're on Facebook Live as well. Tara Walker from East Coast. 
Coast Cookery School in the house today, cooking pancakes here. Oh my God, the aroma is lovely, isn't it? It's just beautiful. Yes, Tara Walker is with us in LMFM today, and she's cooking pancakes, and there are more almost ready here in the pan. Are we ready to taste with your Nutella, bananas, yes, well, raspberries, that blueberries? One's just be, that one's going to be just another moment or two, but we're ready with our lovely fat and fluffy ones next. These are the American-style yes. pancakes, are they? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So you can see that one is ready, the one with no blueberries. Okay. But then the one with the blueberries in it, if you just press down, the best way to know if it's cooked is if you press down on it and your spatula comes out clean and dry, which it does. Okay. Let's get that on. Can we get the folks tasting here, these American-style ones? Elaine Nutley is with me here today. Hello, Elaine. She popped Hello. in. She heard we were cooking pancakes. Are you somebody who cooks them at home normally? Always. Do you? Yes. And I again, the big question, thick or thin? Thin. Thin. Yeah. And I, we roll, we put, um, the, my grandchildren use Nutella, but I use golden syrup. Oh. And I roll them. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So, sorry. And is it the only day of the year uh, you would cook them? No, I have to do them on a Saturday morning. Every Saturday? Yes, the, the, my grandchildren order them on a Saturday morning. So my grandson is the little cook. Uh-huh. He's, he helps me. I see. Matthew. Yeah. God almighty. So you really have a regular uh, session of pancake eating oh, yeah. in your home? Oh, yes, definitely. Mm. Yeah, Everybody loves them. Yes. And is it always sweet? You talk about there, you know, using the golden syrup, Nutella on them as well. Do you ever try the savoury pancakes? No, no. <laughs> what is it about us in Ireland? We just don't do this at all. Crepes in France and they put everything and anything into them. No. So it's definitely only savoury. Oh, sorry, it's, sweet. It's sweet, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. sweet, yeah. Mm, interesting. But I put no sugar into them so that yeah. anyone... Well, very, very good, can. aren't you? They can have them. <laughs> have the sweets added to yeah. them then at that stage. Will you taste those there and tell us what you Thank think you. of them? Have a little taste. Thanks, Elaine. Come on, yes, Tara, so what are you going to say? Let's just finish these off now. So they've just cooled a little bit there from the pan. So these are fat and fluffy pancakes with one of them has lots of blueberries in it already. And here I've just poured a nice generous portion of the maple syrup over. And now here's a few nice berries. Look at these gorgeous raspberries. And this, I think with these ones, the finishing is nearly as important as the actual batter itself because, you know, it can be a bit bland otherwise. Okay. So here we are with our lovely uh, berries on top of our American style. Put it on the counter there. Everyone grab a fork. Come over, quick, get in there with your forks. If, if first in, you know, first up, as they say, because you're going to get the taste there. Everyone have a little taste of those there and tell us what you think of them. Breege, our own Breege is here. She's a... Uh, manning the telephones as well as tasting the pancakes today. You know, this is uh, a very traditional day, isn't it, in homes right across the country? It really is. I mean, my daughter, who goes to Sandpit School, had to bring her mixture in this morning, and then she was getting confused. Did she have the fat and fluffy mixture in her lunchbox, or did she have... And they're cooking them there, and I think it's really, really nice. Um, But going back over here to my little thin and crispy one, so I've just put some Nutella onto the pancake, which is still sitting on the pan, Um, And that just helps the Nutella to kind of melt a little bit and spread a bit easier. Then I'm adding some nice slices of banana down the centre of it. So we're kind of going a bit more crepe style here, I suppose. You just mentioned crepes there. And then some nice flaked almonds, which I've just toasted lightly on a pan. Hazelnuts, any nuts, pecans, walnuts would all be gorgeous in that. But what it does, what the nuts do there is just add a nice little bit of a crunchy texture to the whole thing. And will you roll that pancake now? Yeah, so let's just roll it over. And fire it out there to yes. the waiting audience, your fan club here. Yeah, Lovely. So okay. I have a plate here. Let yes, me grab it. work away there. Let's see what Ailish thinks of these American style pancakes. Absolutely gorgeous. 
So I've had them with maple syrup, raspberries and blueberries. And I must say the fact that the blueberries are like pushed into the pancakes, it's fabulous. Mm, it's a burst of flavour with them, isn't there? Yeah, but I only got two spoons because Mark was hogging the pancake. <laughs> There's a row in the newsroom. There's after been a falling out. I'll re- that'll be reported on the two o'clock news headlines. Mark, what did you think? They were lovely. We definitely went up a gear now, I think, with the, the fruit. Oh. Up a gear, says Mark. <laughs> Tara, Mark really loves your American style. Up a gear. I agree. I, they're my favourite too, and I love the berries with them. The, the raspberries just kind of cut through the sweetness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Elaine, did you taste those? Absolutely beautiful, yeah. I'm, it's something I would like to do because I loved the blueberry. Oh, yeah. It just seemed to dissolve inside. Yeah. And it's just gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Bridge, what did you think? Absolutely gorgeous. And I'd be a thin, I like the thin mm. layer one. But I think now to up the gear more... A little bit of ice cream and the blueberries and the raspberries. <laughs> Lovely marshmallow, beautiful. Oh, Breeze, you have your own twist in it as well. And hello again, it's great to see you. Tell me, remind me who you are. Oh, my name is Lola and I met you last week in the cookery school. You did? And you invited me this afternoon to come for the pancake day. So I'm really glad to see you again. And it's great to have you here with us as well, Lola. Did you get a taste? I did. Which ones? The, the thin ones or, or the American style? The here? American style with the raspberry and strawberry, whatever she yes. puts in there. It's very like lovely. It's very good, yeah. Now, what about your children? Will, will your children look for pancakes this evening? I will do. I will do some. That's yes. why I come, because I know Tara anyway, because she, anything she do, you will just see the taste in there. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to have a, a pancake feast at home yourself this evening? I will. I will indeed. I so will. which will you go for? Thin, the American style? I'll or go for the American style oh, one. Oh, they're the big hit here today, aren't they? With absolutely everybody. And remind me again, where are you from originally? I'm from Nigeria, but I'm Irish national now. Yes, you are indeed. I'm in Ireland now for the past 21 years now, so I I really love it anyway. Yes, yes, yes. And you're loving our pancakes, our Tara's pancakes today as well. I do. (laughs) Thank you for coming in. Thank you very much. Really lovely to have you here with us today. We're on Facebook Live. Yes, we are on Facebook Live in LMFM reception. Here's my producer, Louise Walsh, is here. Did you have a taste, Louise? Too hard. Did you have a taste? I got earlier the um, really thin one. And pancakes. Yeah. Did you try the American here, the blueberry? Oh, come on, you have to try the American one. Come on, so as we can talk about it. Look at this one here with the blueberry in it. Look, see it there, taste that, and we'll talk a bit, of, a bit about it. No, it's, it's an American-style pancake. Yes, it probably has. It's slightly thicker, yeah, and it's more airy and light. Let Tara tell you. That's the thing that Louise is saying there. She said to me, is that actually a muffin I'm tasting there, that pancake? Well, what you're probably feeling is muffin-like is the fact that, um, yeah, the blueberries in it, but also the bicarbonate of soda reacts with the soured milk or buttermilk, whichever you're using, and creates the carbon dioxide bubbles in the centre, which is what makes it kind of have a more cakey texture, I suppose, yes. than the, the crepe t- texture of the thin and crispy. I don't think we're going to have news at all at two o'clock. We'll never get rid of this crowd. They're all right, we're sorted. I think Michael is in there uh, carrying the, 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 the can. Let me say this to you, just one thing, because we'll be finishing up shortly, just before two. What about the savoury pancake? We've mentioned yes. it there, and Elaine said to me, wouldn't even be on her radar. Yeah, I love a savoury pancake. I was tempted. I, I just knew I was going to be limited for space. I was thinking about bringing some cream cheese and smoked salmon. That's gorgeous, with a little bit of a squeeze of lemon juice. Is that a nice combination? Very nice combo, yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, Forgefield Farm Shop Cafe had, had that combination with um, some lovely um, beetroot pancakes yesterday I had for my lunch there. Um, 
what else is lovely? I mean, I love chili, feta cheese, just a plain ham and cheese melted through, you know, on the little thin ones, and melt the cheese on the way I did with the Nutella. And speaking which, of which, the Nutella, the thin and crispy with the Nutella and the banana and the uh, flaked almond seems to have been annihilated there. <laughs> Who tasted that? Who tasted it? Anyone taste it? Did you taste the Nutella and banana? I did. Lola, well, I did. It. It's lovely. Okay, Nutella, good combination there. Uh, the combination, you would taste the chocolate a little bit there, and then the sugar and the lemon that she puts in it. Yes. So it makes him lovely, and it's a nice taste anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think everybody's going to be cooking pancakes this evening. No, you two won't. No, I take it that you get fed here and work today, Mark and Ailish, and that's it, is it, for this year? Well, yeah, that's kind of, that's it. But I have to say, the Nutella was my first time ever having Nutella and pancakes. Really? Yeah, it was lovely, absolutely fab. Okay, Nutella and pancakes. Mark? Just get one now to to take home with me for the tea and I'll be doing all right. I knew he was hanging around for something. You couldn't be up to these cork fellas, could you? They'd live on the clippings. (laughs) Tara, anyway, all the recipes today. And there's more folks, there's more pancakes on the way here. Look, and I have to mention Helena Mullins is here. She didn't even get a chance to taste yet. She's behind the camera on Facebook Live, but she will now when we finish up here. More pancakes here to be tasted, but all the recipes. All the recipes on eastcoastcookeryschool.ie. And just to mention, if you wanted to go a bit healthier than Nutella, but still have a bit of a treat, a little bit of dark chocolate chopped up and popped onto the little thin and crispy pancake now would just be slightly healthier okay so that's with that in mind as well but it is a day to love them and enjoy them and go mad on them isn't it really have a feast and i wonder will i be able to flip one now at this stage let's see this here it is no pressure no pressure everybody watch it let's let's see it she did it she did it she did it she did it i didn't think you were going to that's pressure well, you know, it was actually what you said to me before we started. Sometimes the first one or two on the pan yeah. are harder, they're a bit trickier, and then it's like the pan gets kind of prepped and it's ready to go, and then they're much easier to handle then. They certainly are. Anyway, we're going to leave pancakes for today. Thank you so much. Let's hear it for Tara Walk. A big round of applause. Thank you very much for coming in and joining us today. Really do appreciate it. And we're going to nosh a few pancakes for the next while. News and weather coming up at two. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Test drive the all-new fully electric Renault Zoe and the all-new Renault 1.3 Petrol Cajar today. With finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk. Can I tell you, I'm still licking my lips after that pancake feast. Absolutely gorgeous. Well, from pancakes here at home base all the way to the other side of the world... Brisbane, Australia, and news of a rescue story. Yes, the rescue of a koala bear. I'm joined on the line by Sean Farley, originally from County Meath. Sean, will you tell us the story of this koala bear and all the circumstances around it? Koalas are in a bit of bother at times, are they, with their health? They suffer a lot from chlamydia and it, gives a, it affects their urinary tract. And there's a couple of types of it. There's this typhus sort of the urinary tract, and it, it can it can lead to their death. You know, if they're not got in time, they, they'll die from it, and it's, it's supposed to be a painful death. So yourself and your good woman were out for a walk. Take up the story from there. Amanda was out for a walk. Where my wife would take the dog, and it's just in a forest beside us where we live in Brisbane. She noticed Jake started barking. He came out when he started barking around the path. She thought something was up, so she followed him in and. There was actually a koala on the ground. The koala then tried tried to get up a tree to kind of get away from the dog, even though Jake wasn't going near him. And she could see that he had, he had a brown bum 
and um, he hadn't the strength to climb up the trees, so he came back down again. But um, we'd actually been at a koala sanctuary a couple of weeks previous, and we'd found out from a talk there that the brown bum is actually a sign that they have uh, the chlamydia. So when Amanda seen that, she knew, and she came back to the house, and I went back over with her then, and we just brought over, brought over a bottle of water and uh, just a blanket, small towel, just to wrap, wrap the koala up in if we had to bring him back to the house which we ended up, we did have to do. That was basically how he was found. And from there, Sean, what happened? Did you take him somewhere for the experts to have a look at him? While we were there, we, we actually rang the Redland Pet Rescue, or Animal Rescue, but they actually, at the time, they had a vehicle that was broken down and they couldn't get to us, so they gave me the number of the RSPCA then, but at that stage, I'd already given it the water, and it was kind of, um, once I gave it the water, it kind of knew I wasn't any threat to it, and it was actually grateful to get the water. It was just, it actually grabbed the, the bottle in its claws and started drinking it, and, and it let, let me give a little rub on the head. So after we done that, I just kind of wrapped him up in the towel and we brought him back to the house and rang the RSPCA when we got back to the house. And after about an hour, they came and collected, collected him then. And where is he now? He's actually in he's in Australia Zoo, which is actually the zoo that's owned by Steer Irwin, but they, his family run it now. But they have a sanctuary there where they look after them. Once they're better again, they actually... Um, they have an enclosure there where they don't really receive much human contact. They'll be quarantined if they had chlamydia and that until they do get better, if they can make, get them better, and then they go into this sort of enclosure with, with just with other koalas and minimal human contact, and then they release them then when they are better to the area they were found in. So hopefully now that's what's going to happen. This chlamydia is a big problem for them, I know, and if it's not treated, they die. And they are a vulnerable species. There's only about 100,000 of them left in the wild today. Yeah, no, well, I've, I've even noticed since since I've come here 10 years ago, you would see a lot more of them when you are out walking. You would see them more often. It's very, very rare to see them now. But that's down to a lot of development in the areas too. You know, they're taking away, they're taking away their habitat with development. Your son Dara may reacquaint with the koala again. Well, he was actually there today and he couldn't be reacquainted because um, he actually inquired after but uh, John James is what Amanda, my wife, uh, named the koala but he's actually, he's, in the next couple of days, it's, it's kind of a give and take whether he's going to survive or not. So they're not really 100% whether he's going to pull through or not yet. So we didn't really get to see him. So the news is not that good even though you played your part in trying to save the little fella. Ten years you mentioned there, you moved to Australia. What took you out there? the recession happened in Ireland and previously I had my own company over there I used, to, I used to do a lot of farm work and stuff and just things went bad and I went to one of those meetings up in Dublin one time where they were trying to recruit people for Australia I was offered a job with the crowd up there to come over here as a supervisor and I said I'd, I'd go for it but then at the same time the mines took a downturn over here and that job fell through and they didn't, they didn't go ahead with that so I actually just came over on my own back then and I got someone to sponsor me over here and rest is history then. Did Amanda follow you over? She stayed here for a while? She was there. It took me about seven months until I was able to get Amanda and Dara out here. And once I got everything sorted then they followed me out then. And you're settled there now completely and home is Australia for good now and you're legal and all that type of stuff? Yeah, yeah. We have a citizenship now and I'll be here 10 years on the 8th. I think I left on the, on the 5th of March. It was late. And again, the time got the time change and everything. I think I got here on the 8th, the 8th of March. I arrived 2009. So yeah, almost 10 years. And yeah, I actually love it over here. It's a fantastic country. It was a good move. What's great about it? Why do you love it so much, Sean? 
I just like the it's a great lifestyle over here. The weather especially. <laughs> So much to do, so many beaches, such a so many beautiful places to visit. It's such a vast country, and I've seen a lot of it because I've done a lot of fly-in, fly-out work on mine sites and stuff. So I, I've been lucky enough to experience a lot of the country, you know, places other people wouldn't really get to visit, you know. Do you ever get home, or what's the story there? Unfortunately, last time I was home was about November. Last November would have been three years, and unfortunately, Dad died, and I was home to bury him. And I haven't really been back since, but I am planning on getting back next year, hopefully. And who's still here family-wise? I have my mum and my brother and my sisters and my nieces and lots of have lots of cousins and family around. And Amanda has all her family in, in Dublin and Tala and nieces and nephews. And yeah, there's still a lot of family and friends over there. And yeah, you miss them. Have you had any yeah. reciprocal visits out to you from this neck of the woods? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we've had some had some family over. My mum and dad were over at one stage. Thank God, before my dad died, and uh, yeah, that was that was wonderful. Um, I've just had visitors just left a couple of weeks ago from people I know from London, so they've just gone back. And yeah, we get a few visitors now and again. Well, we could do with some more. <laughs> I'm sure, though, uh, social media and all that type of thing is a great assist with keeping in touch with people. Big change since you left in that area. Yeah, true enough. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's social media. You know what's going on. You, you know what's happening before other people know what's happening now. It's just instantaneous. So Brisbane is one hell of a spot and you are very happy there. That's the message we get today. And you're doing great work with the uh, koalas as well. Well done with the little fella. Hope he pulls through in the end of the day. But it's nice to talk to you, Sean, today from back home no in bother. Ireland. No bother, Jerry. Thanks a million. Strange lady, she made me nervous. She took me in and gave me breakfast. And she said, Do you come from a land down under? A women go and men wonder. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? You better run, you better take How would you like to put your stamp on conservation in this country? Well, you can, and we're going to tell you why now. I'm joined on the line by Dr Catherine O'Connor. She is CEO of the Irish Peatland Conservation Council. Catherine, good afternoon. Hi there, Jerry. Thank you for joining me on the show. Well, I'm sure a lot of people's ears have pricked up at this stage because there are so many people want to see conservation. Now, in your particular case, what's the premise behind the work you do with the council? Well, what we're trying to do is save a representative sample of the bogs and fens of Ireland. And the reason for that is that they're very unique habitats. They're very rare they're the mind's eye of Ireland, people say, because the scenery and everything that we love about this country is mainly caused by blanket bogs, you know, particularly in the west of Ireland or up in the mountains. They're a great educational resource um, and they're just one of the last wilderness type areas, you know. They're what we do and what we do very well. And they need to be protected, obviously, because they're under threat. 
Well, like it, like most things, everything seems to be under threat at the moment. I hope people aren't switching off the radios. But yeah, I mean, obviously, we've had centuries of using the bogs for turf for heating the homes. It's still a very important source of fuel, you know, um, for people throughout the country. But at this point in time, uh, we kind of know what areas need to be protected. So it's a case of trying to work with the communities there to try and protect the sites um, and the wildlife that they have and even enhance them if we can, you know, maybe undoing past damage or things like that, you know. So I see, for example, things that you do, you buy peatlands and conserve them, you mine the wildlife there, you mentioned the schools, etc., etc. So this doesn't come at no cost, and you are an NGO. So this new initiative, tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, apart from sticking your hand in your pocket and donating, you know, money to help buy a bog, one of the things that we encourage people to do is to do a bit of recycling in our direction. And what we ask your listeners maybe to do is to start making a collection up of postage stamps that are coming in on envelopes. And that's everything from the ordinary everyday sort of long sticky type ones right through to something maybe quite fancy, you know, at Christmas or that type of thing. And uh, what we can do then is we have volunteers here who will trim all those stamps for us and, you know, playing their part to help save the bogs. And then we have collectors who buy the stamps. Some of them buy them by weight. So you need to fill a sort of a shopping bag full to get a kilo of something in particular. And other people then just buy very specific ones like sets or a little album or first day covers, anything like that to do with philately, it's what it's called, you know. So, yeah, it's a great scheme. And we're able to get about €5,000 out of this every single year. So, like need to say, we've bucket loads of stamps coming in. And we have an army load of people here who are sorting and sifting through them. And a lot of people like to do that at home. You know, it passes a half an hour every day, you know, where you're doing that type of work. So, you know, it's quite traditional uh, activity. People are not strangers to this. Um, we have a lot of green schools as well would do it as part of their, you know, earning their flags and all their uh, credits for, for being environmental. Yeah. So don't dump the stamps. Keep no, them. no, they're worth money. There's <laughs> money. It's called making money out of nothing. Yes. You know, that's what it's really called. And what we, if people want to send it in the stamp, just tear them off the envelope. Be careful, of course, not to tear the stamp. Um, and stick them in an envelope and just send them down here to us at Irish Peatland Conservation Council, Lully Moor, Rathangan, County Kildare. It's all up on the website as well, ipcc.ie, you know, so... We also collect, I should say, um, old used postcards. Um, we collect call cards, which are kind of a thing of the past now. Um, and cigarette cards, people might remember those. The nanas and grandas might remember those. Mm. And, you know, anything like papery type of things that people think might, we could make a few bob out of for the bogs. Well, you know, I remember the call cards coming in because I worked with Telecom at the time when they were launched. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they were a revolution at the time that you could go to a phone box with a card, just put it in, and you had credit on this thing. And I'll tell you, I want to mention him today, Paddy Brennan. He's a great man. He's from Drogheda, and he worked in PNT Telecom here. And I think Paddy had the biggest collection of call cards in Ireland. He st- he had the very original, the test ones that came out at the beginning. Isn't that incredible, right yeah. through. And I, I, I and they're beautiful. Oh. And you see, the thing about the call cards was they were kind of stiff. 
So, like, unlike a postcard or that, nothing could be eaten that, you know. People yes. might have postcards at home with some some little bug is sitting in the middle of it, you know, having a great life there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the call cards were good for that. But we also collect, would you believe, coins and funny money. We call it funny money, like sort of paper money or that. So if anyone's been to Vietnam or somewhere and you got a shoebox full of those dong, you know, we yes. take them from you, you know, when you go back. <laughs> But yeah, all these collectibles and, you know, even through the recession and everything, we always had people who still were interested in buying the stamps and the coins and the bits and pieces of that direction. It was something that never died, you know, it's yeah. an interesting thing. And it's a kind of a man only type of an activity. Mm. The women do all the sorting, but it's the boys that are buying these things. And they, kind of a boys activity. And, <laughs> I remember and years ago, now that you mentioned stamps, you used to be able to buy little packets of them in a store called Woolworths. I don't know whether you're too young, are you, to remember Woolworths, but they were uh, one of the uh, heyday 70s and probably into the early 80s retailers. But they used to sell little packages of them. I remember collecting stamps and putting them into albums and that as well. So perhaps there are some of these lying around in homes or on shelves or that. You'd welcome all this, yes. Yeah, what we do, and people sometimes worry, you know, they come in and they might be saying, oh, look, these. I think these are really good. These belong to Uncle Paddy on my mother's brother's side. And what we do in that case is because we wouldn't be very knowledgeable, but we put them into a local auction. And what happens is let the dealers kind of fight over it, you know, that kind of way. And you get the best price possible and without getting your hands too dirty. And and the person who gave the album, you know, they they can rest assured that it got a fair price. Do you know that Mm, sort of way? mm. So, yeah, we can we take anything like that. Yeah. Great, and I, yeah. I'm I'm all for you, and I I understand the importance of our native Irish bogs to the whole ecosystem here in this country and the planet as well, and to all the flora and fauna that live in these places. It's essential that we protect them and yeah. and cherish them because they are. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 
the You're real up places. In Louth, aren't you? Yes, we're in Loudon Mead. Loudon Mead, yeah. And we've great. I'm sure we own one of the bogs over there in Mead, part of it, Girly Bog. Girly Bog is and right. And there's another lovely bog that we've had a few dealings with there, our D Bog. Yeah. There was a bit of a re going on there because there was a road wanting to go around the town and they were going to chop up a bit of the bog. So I'm not sure where that ends <laughs> up. But, you know, and there's a couple of nice um, little kind of more alkaline bogs and that near the coast in Louth, you know. Yes. So, like, you know, for a small county, you still have a bit of a punch and all the mountains up the northern parts of the county are beautiful blanket bogs. Oh, there's no end of bog men yeah. up this and neck of the woods. Two lovely ladies down today, <laughs> the McArdles from Louth. Yeah. And they were bringing down some stuff. We were a wee museum here and they brought me down some toys that they would have played with in the 50s, you know. Yes. And we had great crack with them now. So I, Louth is my day today. It's my county. There you are. Yeah. There you there are. are you know? Oh, girly bog. I have to come back to it. It's a beautiful bog and what, what the wildlife that's over there. And I'm sure in the bogs at this time, as we're speaking, frogs are spawning now, aren't they? This is the time frogs for... Frogs are spawning yeah. and, you'll, and you'll rouse a snipe as well. It'll put the heart crossways in you if you're walking on the, off the path at all. The sniper hiding there and they wait till the very last second before they fly they up and shoot out. You, you know? Yeah, they're yeah. marvellous, marvellous. Well, it's very good. I'm yeah. delighted to highlight this for you today. And just again, Thank remind so people, will you, where they can get in touch to find out more information? Yeah, the website www.ipcc.ie and that's Irish Peatland Conservation Council. Yeah. Thank you if so you much. Google collecting stamps Ireland, you'll find us. We'll find you and you're yeah, the people to so send much, them to. Jerry. I'm going to keep me stamps for you from now on, I promise. Good man, thank you so Thanks much. Thanks a million, Catherine. Thank, thank you for joining me on the show. That's Dr. Catherine O'Connor there, CEO of the Irish Peatland Conservation Council. Figures released uh, for car sales the opening couple of months of 2019 are really encouraging for people promoting electric and hybrid cars. There really has been a significant change. Now, the numbers are still not massive, but certainly it seems to be trending in an upward direction significantly. I'm joined by Stephen McDonnell from Timesworth, who spent most of his life in the motor industry as an advisor, and he knows all about electrical uh, and the migration to it from petrol and diesel, and he's with me. Stephen, afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you keeping? I'm good. Thanks for joining me. What about those figures? Would you place much store in them? Oh, I would. Like, if, if you look at it from a, an actual numbers perspective, uh, last year, the whole of last year, 1,233 cars were sold, fully electric. Uh, so far in January and February of this year, it was 1,129. Brilliant. That is, a, so that is significant, isn't it? Yeah, I think electric cars are... To quote the old uh, the old masters, it's it's an idea whose time has come. Uh, you have more electric cars coming on the on the market now with higher capacity batteries, which means that you can go further, and you have a longer distance between charging, and that's that's your real uh, challenge to electric cars at the moment. Is people have a, a a kind of a turn off from actually connecting in and charging up. Okay, so the what would I say the the slow migration of the Irish motorist to the hybrid and now the the full electric those are the main reasons it's been range it's been the time it's taken to charge the capacity of batteries were they the big impediments uh, there will be some of them also the number of models available so like up to uh, like this year like there's 21 uh, brands that are selling cars in Ireland all of that only 8 have electric cars fully mm. electric cars 
there are others with plug-in hybrids and electrified models and hybrids and that, but the fully electric car, there's actually only eight manufacturers offering it. That will change over the next couple of years, for sure. Uh, there's a lot of new models coming on, on board. Um, a lot of people, a bit like uh, mobile phones were years ago, a lot of people are waiting for the next version, mm. the next update, because mm. uh, the earlier batteries were a little bit smaller, but we're into a stage now where like the Leaf has a 40 kilowatt battery, the uh, Volkswagen Golf has a 35 kilowatt battery. The Hyundai Kona has a 54 kilowatt battery, and the uh, Audi e-tron has a 95 kilowatt battery. So what all that means is that these cars are now getting to a stage where, from unplugging it at full full up to up to the gills with electricity, till it needs a new a new top up, you're looking at 400 kilometers between charges for some cars, and that's not many people are going to travel more than 400 kilometers in a day. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the, the charging then at home. Plug it in at your house when you come back and fill it up again. How long time-wise does it take a battery to replenish? Uh, time-wise, so if you look at, uh, say for example, an average one would be the, 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 the Volkswagen e-Golf or the Nissan Leaf, around about 35, 40 kilowatts. They will charge up at home overnight over about eight hours. Right. So uh, while you're sleeping, and you can program that so it's on night like night to electricity, which means you get really good value on it, and you're you're giving yourself 400 kilometres for about two two euros fifty. Where if you look at petrol and diesel version of that, you're talking about up to 30 euros. So a big difference in, in the in the pocket. Yeah, and that's that's in terms of running it day to day. But here's the thing: they're expensive to get into. They're more expensive than a petrol or diesel car. They are at the moment, and again, it's like new technology, similar to the new iPhone, is more expensive than the older iPhone. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's that in there as well but look, if you look at the the advantages that are available if you buy, want to buy an electric car you've uh, 10,000 euros off the government from grants uh, that's on the SAI have a 5,000 euro grant and there's 5,000 euros off the VRT you also have a 600 euro grant towards fitting uh, a, a charger at your home so effectively uh, with one of the offers Electric Ireland has at the moment you can have a home charger fitted for 150 euro hmm. Uh, if you're driving a company car, uh, the benefit in kind for a car up to €50,000 is free. So that, compared to driving, let's say, a 1.6-litre diesel Golf to driving an electric car, that's €350 in your pocket mm. every month mm. from saving benefit in kind. And as a company owner, you have your accelerated capital allowance, so you can write down the car, which gives a better uh, asset into your business and allows for better finance to be able to, to run the business as well and assist with your working capital. And as we all love paying tolls, another advantage as well is uh, you can get reduced tolls when you're driving a full electric car and on some roads, uh, hybrid, uh, plug-in hybrid as well. So there's a lot of opportunity there uh, and it is, it is more expensive to buy, but you're buying new technology. You're, you are buying uh, something that is going to give you less running costs. Uh, you're talking probably less than 50% of the maintenance costs. There's a lot of long-term rather than just your initial outlay, long-term savings that make it a very good value to one. Oh, there's a real strong case for it in all you say there. What about the rollout of public charging points? Um, that was an issue some time ago. With the home charge, does that reduce the need? Uh, it, it, it does. I think the, the rollout of the public charging was a big lesson for everybody. Um, I think the first lesson that was, because it was free of charge, uh, it was hard to maintain. So there's no there was no um, business case for new new actors to come into the market like there has been in the UK, Germany, and France. Um, delighted to say, 
that the ESB received uh, 10 million uh, at the end of last year towards rolling out new infrastructure. So at the moment you have about 70 fast chargers and about 313 plug-in points that will do uh, about 22 kilowatts, call them slow chargers. That's going to explode over the next couple of years. So you're going to have chargers that will do 150 kilowatts. There'll be about 150 of them around the country. But where at the moment a lot of uh, consumers are using the fast charging network to charge their car in its entirety. The real favour is when you charge it at home and if you have a battery that's of a capacity that you don't need to use the public charging network and you use it as a backup facility. Mm. That's, yeah. that's where the sweet spot is. Okay. The other thing that comes to mind is maintenance wise uh, does it take much in a year to maintain an electric vehicle? Does it need the same level of servicing every so many thousand kilometres as the traditional petrol or diesel? Uh, I, 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 I use the adage you don't service your Hoover much uh, insofar <laughs> as the, the electric car has very little moving parts in it compared to a, a combustion engine. So from the engine itself, there's very little servicing on it, but the, the body itself of the car requires usual brakes, suspension, air conditioning uh, fluid, brake fluid. It requires all those sort of things to be to be uh, serviced from a safety perspective. Mm. But overall, you're looking at an electric car being around between, depending on the papers you read and the information you, you, you look at, it could be between 25 to 75% less than a normal car. And Another knock-on as well is because an electric car, an electric engine is very smooth, doesn't have much vibration, you don't get much shaking in the body, so less things become loose. Mm. So it's a very, very, um, it's a long-term proposition in relation to servicing. It's, it's something that won't, re- won't require as much servicing as a petrol engine or a diesel engine, that's for sure. Tax and insurance, uh, I, 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 I take it it doesn't make any difference insurance-wise, but tax, the tax regime on them is better? Oh yeah, tax on them, and we all love paying tax, don't we? Uh, tax on the electric car is 120 euro for the mm. year. That's it. Full stop. Which is, which is the lowest lowest level of uh, road tax you can get. Now there is a, a, a lobbying people pushing for there should be zero tax on it. But look, at, at the end of the day, no government is going to go zero tax because again, there's a, an argument that because it's going with electric they're losing out on the tax on petrol and diesel that they would get off the pumps as well so there's, there's a bit of a balancing there too You said at the start and I might as well come back to it at the finish of our conversation that it's time has come you really believe it? Yeah I think the next over the next two to three years you're going to see every manufacturer will have electric cars uh, the public charging network is going to be uh, very stable it'll be commercially viable you will have commercial actors in there and the battery capacities and the efficiencies of the cars are coming to a point where you don't have to rely on the public network you'll be charging from your home couple that with the focus on CO2 that we have across uh, all areas of energy consumption it's within the next I'd say three to four years instead of it being one or two percent you'll probably see ten to twenty percent of uh, of the, the market being electric cars there you go. Interesting times ahead. Stephen, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate it. Not at all, Jerry. Thanks for me. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Stephen McDonald there. Just wanted to get an update from him. Seems that it is moving. And that at last, electric is really taking off. Listen to those figures there. It points towards it indeed. And Stephen, a man who's deeply involved in the industry for many a day. His word 
is uh, very important and he has his finger on the pulse. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. After the break, there's something been found in trim. Stay with us. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Test drive the all-new fully electric Renault Zoe and the all-new Renault 1.3 petrol Kajar today. With finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk. For the best country music mix around, join Darren Mahan weeknights from 8 for the Country Express. Keep up with the country scene. Begin with a chance to win some fabulous prizes, hear new music and a classic or two. That's weeknights from 8 on LMFM. Sponsored by Joe Norris Motors Navin with Renault Selection used car standards of two years warranty, two years roadside assistance and low APR finance. Bringing a new standard to used cars. Shannon Holmes and DNG Duffy are proud to launch Phase 4 Show Home at Seaview Way, Knocknamara, Black Rock, located beside Dundalk Golf Club. Built to excellent standards of craftsmanship and finish, these three-bed, semi-detached, A-rated homes with prices from 252000 and remaining five-bed detached from €385,000 are on view this Saturday from 2 to 4 and Sunday 2 to 4. Limited numbers of each remain. For more information, contact sole selling agent DNG Duffy on 042. 9351011 Are you one of the many who have a PCP car loan and are worried about the balloon payment that is due? Well, Drahada Credit Union can help with their inexpensive PCP clearance loan. The Drahada Credit Union PCP clearance loan will help you to pay off your balloon payment and will then give you the freedom to own your car outright. Drahada Credit Union group members in Bettystown, Dunlear, Trim and Drahada can avail of this PCP clearance loan. Call in and talk to one of our team and get PCP free. Every brand has a story. Some are built over decades, others over centuries. Discover the German car brand, meticulously engineered over 120 years to bring you our cleanest, most efficient engines yet. Discover Opel. Come and celebrate Opel's 120-year anniversary event at your local Opel dealership. Choose your perfect 191 Opel, then choose your preferred offer, like 0% PCP or HP Finance, a guaranteed minimum of €3,000 scrappage, or three years free servicing. Opel's 120-year anniversary event. From now until March 31st. Visit Boyne Opel Drahada for more. Opel. The future is everyone's. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Higher purchase agreement provided by Bank of Ireland Trading as Bank of Ireland Finance. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. With over 150 new and used cars to choose from, along with the full Renault commercial van range and finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk. Exciting discoveries have been unearthed in Trim during pre-construction works at a school in recent days. I want to hear more. Local historian Noel French is with me. Hello, Noel. Hiya, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking me call. What school in question here? Uh, the school is uh, Skullwira. It's the girls' secondary school, the Mercy Convent here in in Trim. It's uh, right behind the Garda Barracks here, and if you've ever been in Trim, you'll see the high wall yeah. um, going to complement Trim Castle uh, on the other side. But uh, the school, uh, it dates from the 50s, but it's built on the site of the old jail, or actually the new jail. The old jail is across the river. So, Noel, no surprise that beneath the surface there's something really, really special. They were uh, preparing foundations for new classrooms, was it? They were uh, going to put uh, uh, porter cabins. The school is expanding and it's 
sort of at its capacity. So they were going to put uh, uh, porta cabins, uh, just foundations, very light foundations mm. when they discovered. And it is a big surprise. Uh, some people say it's not because the schools say they always knew about it and some of the older pupils say they always knew about it. But uh, certainly I had never heard of it. Um, I think how it came about was the building itself was very unusual shape. It had a circle in the middle, and then it had four wings going off in different directions, so that a prison warder could sit in the middle, look down one row and see all the cells there, all the prisoners were okay, look down another one, look down another one, and look down another one. Um, and, and that was built in the um, 1830s, and, but then it was demolished in the 50s, uh, and two men were uh, killed when it was demolished um, because they were blowing it up using gelignite and uh, they fell from the third story right down into the basement and I, it never clicked with me that there was that the word basement had been used in it so obviously when uh, it was demolished in the 50s they just cleared off the top three or four stories and uh, left the basement which is on the same plan as what was uh, standing there so this has lain there for quite some time, undisturbed, undamaged uh, as well, with what happened above ground, Noel, previously. Well, there is, uh, from from seeing photographs, there is quite a bit of rubble in some of them. But yeah. uh, there, there are cells that are intact with the doors. Okay. I have seen doors uh, from the jail and they're cast iron and there are huge weighty, weighty things. But the jail, uh, it only served as a jail for about 35 years and it was it was closed then. It wasn't very suitable and there were only maybe about 30 to 40 prisoners in it uh, for most of its time. Mm. And it was known as, at one stage, uh, was it after that, as the Trim Joint School or some people called it the Giant School? Yes, yes. Yes, well, the, the, the idea with that was it became it became a school for juvenile delinquents or orphans or whatever mm. for the areas of Drada. We got people from Drada, uh, Kells, Navan and Trim area. If they were getting into trouble, they were sent to the industrial school here in Trim where they were taught a trade of carpentry or shoemaking or various, various other things. So uh, it was to make them useful members of, of society. But in 1912, there was a very controversial murder there where the group of boys gathered around uh, about quarter to seven uh, one February evening. They gathered around uh, one of the schoolmasters and beat him to death using hurleys. My oh my, so uh, grim part of the history there as well. And then you mentioned the two employees of Mead County Council, uh, Peter Smith and Martin Shields. That's right. Lost uh, their lives right. in the 50s there, yeah. That's right, uh, about 1953. And uh, uh, it was a lovely stone-cut building, beautiful, beautiful building, uh, a, a beautiful, beautiful uh, stone-cut building. And they just demolished it. Mm. But look, in those days, five years before that, uh, uh, the council were talking about taking down Trim Castle and using the stone for the roads. Mm. Can you imagine that? When you think, Noel, yes, there was no foresight or vision or understanding of the precious nature of what they were dealing with there. Now, back to the present and this this discovery. What's happened now? Is uh, Has the work stopped with the, with the prefabs? 
The work has stopped at, at, at the moment. Uh, um, the uh, council heritage officer has visited the site. So that's about as much as uh, I know at the moment. We're waiting to see what will happen and so on. I think because the school is under pressure for accommodation at some stage, we will have to look at, uh, at providing a, in our development plan a space for it to redevelop on a new site or uh, but that's uh, long term down down yeah. the line so I'm not sure what is going to happen to them at the moment I'd love to get in I haven't <laughs> got in yet to see them uh, uh, but they have been preserved they have been left there they have been there since the, uh, the, the last uh, 50, 60, 70 years yeah. so they are quite safe um, whether they could be developed as a tourist attraction or not I'm uh, not uh, so sure uh, we have so much here in Trim Mm. oldest castle in Ireland most medieval remains uh, than any other town in Ireland uh, seven remains of seven monasteries three hospitals uh, so and they all predate this jail by five six hundred years they date back to the 1100s and 1200s and 1300s so a jail which is about 170 years old uh, is relatively something new in Trem. Oh listen it's a fantastic spot and the history is undeniable and of course the beauty of the town acknowledged many times as well. Noel thanks for letting us in on the great news today. You're quite welcome. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Noel French, the historian from Trim, and they're quite excited about this now. It's been there a while, and, uh, of course, the priority for the school to get accommodation for children, but it's stopped at the moment, and let's watch this space and see what unfolds there. Jerry, I saw frog spawn yesterday in a pond in Navin. So Navin is first on the map 2019 with a, a sighting of frog spawn. Anywhere in Loud can Loud match uh, the Meath people seen in Navan? Anywhere else see frog spawn in recent days? Let us know. 086 658 WhatsApp or text 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. We are heading towards news and sport at three. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Test drive the all-new fully electric Renault Zoe and the all-new Renault 1.3 Petrol Cajar today. With finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk. Jerry, with regards to Dr. Catherine O'Connor's interview with you on the show earlier, you really brought me back and made some wonderful memories today. Because when I was a young fella, I used to go to Lullymore in Kildare, which is right on the bog. They were fantastic days. Seamus Riley, afternoon to you. Thank you indeed for that nice comment. Isn't it nice to uh, prompt that with somebody and that they start thinking back to wonderful times in their life? Thanks for that, Seamus. I've enjoyed your comment. Girly Bog is alive with frogs, Jerry, and we're talking uh, to Catherine about Girly Bog with frogs and spawn, and it's great for the children to see. So that's two sightings of frogs and spawn in County Mead so far. Nothing in loud. What's up with the frogs in the wee county? Maybe somebody will come back to us and let us know that they've seen frogs or frogs spawn in the wee county around about this time. They are spawning all over the place. Now, Annival's Bakery in Navin was the go-to place for bread and cakes for over 20 years until it closed its doors almost two years ago. But listen to this. They're accused again at the shop on Bruce Hill today because owner Olive Flanagan has come out of retirement. Pray tell me why. Olive, how are you? Hello, hello, Terry. How are you? I'm good. Uh, What's uh, happened? uh, Well, I came out of retirement and decided to do something um, 
with my spare time and one of the things was to uh, support Navin Hospital because they couldn't do half enough on my father's death last year and um, I much appreciate what they did and they need to be left in the town because they are the best hospital in need for, for to serve the purpose of Navin and surrounding towns. Great. So you've come out today to open for one day only. I feel like I'm talking about a circus here that comes to town for one day only, but it's not. It's you in Anvil. You're bringing back memories. So you've opened for one day to raise funds for the hospital. How are you raising the funds? This is a silly question, I know. We're making um, pancakes and serving tea and coffee and uh, greeting our customers uh, a lot that we knew and a lot that we don't know. And um, the staff are wonderful. And um, the the supporters were so much, um, they were excellent with with their uh, offerings to us. And um, it's just been a tremendous success. Hey, listen to this. I know the queues are out the door. I've seen the videos and pictures from it and people are really so uh, delighted that you've decided to do this. Would it put the go on you maybe to give it another go or is this just (laughs) one-off? No, no. They they want me to sign a petition that I come back two days a week at least. So we'll have we'll we'll, we'll have a meeting about it. What do you think? <laughs> Good woman. Oh, that's great. You're not ruling it out. I'm delighted to hear that. God, you were an institution there on Bruce Hill for years. Can I ask you this? What was the favourite bun or cake people came in for? Oh, we had we had a big selection, so there was no particular one. Everything just flew off the shelves because they came out of the oven hot and were yeah. uh, from the the oven to the table. And uh, I think that's sort of the success end of it. That uh, everybody knew they were getting uh, home produced products made from basic uh, margarine, sugar, flour, and eggs, and um, they wanted that, and we gave it to them. Brilliant. So you did what it said on the tin. You produced what the customer wanted, wanted. there, Olive. But look, that's a big selling point, of course. They knew you had the good ingredients that went in and that it was freshly made there as well. So the pancakes are going good oh there today, along with the tea and coffees. What's the favourite? We were cooking them here live in the station with Tara Walker at the start of the show on Late Lunch. What's the favourite... Uh, addition to the pancake that people love to taste with their pancake? Well, uh, for us today, we facilitate just lemon and honey, but you could have apple or you could have uh, fruit or whatever, but to, for safety reasons, we, we did it that nobody would get burnt, so we have uh, lemon and honey. Right, so there uh, you lemon, go. Lemon, lemon and... Um, Sugar. Lemon and sugar. <laughs> so, so, yeah, the, lemon and sugar. so uh, th- there's no honey, is there not? There's no honey. No, it's lemon and sugar. No, we didn't go down. Lemon and sugar. No, yeah. yeah, great, great. Okay. Uh, uh, and yeah, the traditional, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I love that. I have to say, I love that as well. Would you have any idea how many you flipped or put out there today, numbers wise? Oh, I just couldn't put a number. Hundreds on. of them. Buckets and buckets and buckets of mix and uh, suppliers uh, supplied all the ingredients so there's no administration in between and everything is going to the hospital, everything. 
Ah, do you know what? You're a great woman. Olive, I know you're busy there. Thank you for taking the call because there are customers waiting for you as we speak. You're bringing back great memories. Annabelle's Bakery in Navin. Have a great day and well done in raising the money for the hospital. And can I just say this uh, to say thanks to all the suppliers and uh, thanks to all the staff and all the people that just came to the door and said, we want to help. And um, I, I much appreciated that. I'm overwhelmed by it. Absolutely. I ain't surprised. You're a legend in I... your lifetime in Navin. Olive, thanks for taking the call again. Take care thanks of yourself. Thanks so much. Thank Not you. Not at Bye-bye. all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Low, they're off the mark. Yes, we have frog spawn in Dunsany. We've just got a bulletin in from Marie. She says, I've had frog spawn in my pond in Dunsany. Listen to this. I think Loud are getting one up on me here. For the last three weeks. Well done. Thanks for telling me. I'm much at ease now. We have detente between Loud and Mead when it comes to frog spawn. Up next in the show, our last break coming up, wrestler King Kong Bundy. Did you know him? Did you ever hear of him? I'm sure wrestling fans did. He passed away suddenly today. And believe it or not, there's a local family connection, which we'll hear about next. Jerry, I think you're going to have to bring the glasses down into <laughs> studio again. Are you that desperate to get frog spawn and loud? You'll have to go robbing parts of Meath again. Last week you were on about East Meath going into Drogheda. And now you're calling Dunsany. Dunsany. I have to apologise. I just have to stand up for Meath. Yeah, and you're right, too, yeah. because it's actually 3-0 <laughs> to Meath now in terms of frog spawn. Marie, accept my profuse apologies. Dunsany. I looked up at it as without my glasses yeah, yeah, and I yeah. thought Dunsany I was that desperate you're right but I have you to confirm you thought you'd get away with it <laughs> three weeks ago in Dunsany the metropolis of Dunsany that big place there they have the frog spawn for three weeks and I'm happy to acknowledge it me a culpa where are you loud people and your bloody frogs will you give me a shout maybe Rathasker Lake <laughs> oh I, I'm nearly sure I'm nearly sure that has, there has to be some there as well let's see what happens anyway may, uh, apologies Apologies, Marie. Moving on on the show, on a serious note, King Kong Bundy, his name was Christopher Allen Pallies. He died suddenly today. He was a well, well-known wrestler in the 80s and 90s and he wrestled with WWF and his big claim to fame was he beat Hulk Hogan twice. And would you believe it? There are local connections to this man. Patricia Grennan is on the line. Good afternoon, Patricia. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you for yes. taking our call. I really appreciate it. What's the connection with your family and this man? Well, um, he, my father was one of 13 children and he was the youngest. His name was Martin. Mm. And his, one of his sisters was Nancy. And Nancy was uh, the seventh child. So Nancy is King Kong Bundy's grandmother. Right, so there is a definite line connection family-wise with you. Absolutely. We have met him loads of times. We've been lucky enough that um, my husband and I brought my father over in um, 1978 to meet Nancy. My father hadn't seen Nancy in 63 years, and that reignited the connection. So ever since I have met his brother, I've met Don, I've met Chris many, many times over in New Jersey. And uh, Don, his brother, has come over to Ireland. In fact, we're just back from a holiday with him in Florida. So we have had a lot of connection with him. What kind of a man was he? He was huge in stature. He was a big, gentle giant. He was as gentle as manish could possibly meet and very, very nice. His health now wasn't great. Uh, he trained in Japan initially and then he came back. He made 
you know, he was um, he was a comedian. He was a stand-up comedian. He did some acting as well as the WWF. In fact, he still was doing a bit of uh, working in the last while, doing some interviews. Mm. And uh, but he, he his health really hasn't been great for the last ten years. He hasn't been great. But his passing is really unexpected, still, isn't it? Absolutely. His his sister Kate actually found him. Yeah, he, oh. uh, he lived alone with his eight cats. Um, and it's, it was quite sad, yeah, but Kate found him, uh, and um, so I don't know any more details about it. Mm. 61 years of age, he was a young yeah. man in, in terms of today and longevity of life as, as well. So he, he was quite private, I take it, then, that he lived alone, yes? He was quite private, yeah. He had been married, but he had been, yes, he, he lived alone. He was. Uh, he lived his brothers and sisters and his, his father. His father's still alive, he's 94. Don Senior, and um, he lived. He lived near. They all lived together around the same area in New Jersey. Yeah, and uh, so he would have had contact with them, especially his older sister Noreen. He was a lot in touch with her. Now he but, was yeah. part of uh, the Great Movement, and it still is a great movement. But the eighties and into the nineties as well. Yeah. But these yeah. wins over Hulk Hogan were really probably you describe it as the, the pinnacle of his career. Absolutely. But then, you know, it was all kind of a game anyway. Yes. I would be concerned. I think he, he saw it as a game as well. Mm. But he was um, a terribly, terribly nice, terribly interesting man to talk to. In fact, he had great time for my, my son when he met him in 94. He really couldn't have been nicer and gave him jerseys and dolls and all sorts of things. You know, he was a particularly pleasant man. Yeah, really good. Um, very and well thought of in, in, in the States. Yes, I was, I was going to say that to you, that I, I've been reading about him and looking at the reaction and the tributes being paid to him. He was really liked, wasn't he, across the very, board? Absolutely, absolutely, because he was such a gentle person. He really was. He was a very, very pleasant, nice man. And, you know, we only ever knew him as Chris, but he really went out of his way to, to make sure we, he met us any time we were over in the States and come and talk to us. He was really, really pleasant. Mm. And uh, for him, obviously, uh, great pride in what he did in the in the wrestling sphere because it is huge as a sport. Absolutely, it was, uh, and his whole family are very fond of, very very uh, proud of of his achievements. He mm. was extremely, really good, very very fondly thought of, and uh, yeah, excellent, real professional. He, mm. you know, as I said, he trained in Japan initially, and his his mom wasn't too impressed with that. But he he made a lot of money when he was started out first, you know, with WWF. Mm, the names are great, aren't they? Like Chris, as you know yourself, but King Kong Bundy. You know these wrestling yeah. guys' names. They they Absolutely. really hit the nail on the head. Don't they, they? Do. they do, they do. Absolutely. <laughs> sure, they have to sell their name, they have to sell their product, haven't they? They it's all do. all part of the image that they have to mm, be. Yeah, it is. It's a... wonderful that he is an Irish. He actually never came to Ireland. He had thought of coming. We thought he would have got him over to Orlor. Orlor in Mayo is where, where my father and my aunt are from. And uh, we thought he would have got him over there once or twice, but his his parents have been and his his brothers and sisters have been, but he never made it over, unfortunately. There you are! Oh my God! Yeah. And his uh, untimely passing means that will never yeah. happen now at this stage. Well, look, no, we, no, we just uh, heard about the connection, and we uh, thank you indeed for for uh, talking to us this afternoon on the show yeah. to let us know about this. And we think of him, Chris, and his family, and all of you uh, today yeah. with his untimely passing at the age of sixty-one. Patricia, thanks for talking to me. Oh, okay, Jerry, thank you very much. Really thank appreciate you. it. Bye bye, bye bye. That's Patricia Grennan there, uh, King Kong Bundy. I'm sure rest fans will remember him well Christopher Allen Pallies who died earlier today and we remember him and his family connection here back to Ireland 
That's our lot on Late Lunch this afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, after all the pancakes, I think this song is right, and all the pancakes we've had on LMFM from morning through mid-morning and into uh, the afternoon as well, I think it's appropriate to leave you from this one. But you know what? There will be more this evening all over the country. I'll be making some myself. Louise made her first yesterday. Tell them what your children, you had to t- tell your children when you made your first, our first ever pancakes. Tell them what happened. I'm a useless cook, and I was so delighted I made my first pancake but when I flipped it it went into about a thousand different pieces so I told my kids it was a jigsaw pancake (laughs) you know something this woman has words at will I've never heard it you've heard it on late lunch today a jigsaw pancake anyway rescue me from Talabase we'll see you tomorrow at half one Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.